hope uh, you're ready. I, I want to thank you again for coming to another one of my <laughs> counseling sessions to myself. <laughs> That's how it's been the last few weeks, but, but I think you'll appreciate this um, because sometimes we have things that just go on and we, we don't want to say anything because we don't want to be out of faith, but inside we, we struggle with, well, how come this hasn't worked? Or should this be happening right now? Or, or God, what are you trying to tell me? Or, you know, how about, you know, the enemy is the author of confusion. Have we ever wanted to just say, I'm, I'm confused? You know, I mean, those kind of things. But before we get started into that, let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. So good to have you with us. Amen. If you're a guest today, fill out that connection card. Take it to the guest kiosk out front. You get a free T-shirt. And you can get a free CD and all of that stuff. We're here just to bless you. We're excited about what God is doing. Uh, so I want to talk this morning about why it's not working. So again, this isn't judgmental. I'm just thanking you you're here because you get to hear stuff goes through my mind when it's not working for me. So if it's not working for me, I'm thinking I'm, I think I'm normal for the most part. So... That you might have some of those thing, same things. But do you have stuff that you really want in your life? I mean, you've been believing God for, and it's not that you're greedy. It's not that you're trying to name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. But just like, you know, just good stuff. I just need this. I need health. I need relationships to be healed. I need this. I need that. I need finances. I need this. And, and God, when? Why is it not happening? And usually, if we're honest, we all have something probably more than just one item. You know, we, we could have a list. And we're not trying to say God is Santa Claus. Here's my list. Check it twice. I've been pretty nice. You know, we're not doing that. But just stuff that God has put in, maybe dreams that you've had. You had visions or things that you felt like God wanted to do in your life or with your family or with the ministry he's put in your heart or whatever you're doing and you're just saying, when? I want to, if you'll let me, because I have to look at this for myself, sometimes we have to peel this back a little bit and look at maybe what we could be doing or not doing that is stopping something from happening for us. And I've preached messages before called blessing blocker and all of that kind of stuff. This is just plain and simple. I, I just, God, if it's not working, I'd like to know why. Is there something that if I could find out what I'm doing or not doing, if I change it, what would that do? So let's look at it today. Why maybe it's not working. You know, as you get older, doesn't that list change? When I was 20, you know, you feel like I'm Superman. Like, you're never going to have any kind of a health issue. You'll never get hurt. You'll never have this happen. You just don't even, you know, when you're older, the older folk are just, you need benefits. No, we don't need benefits. Because we are not thinking like that. Because in that season of our life, we almost seem invincible. Your teenager might tell you that. Because they're really smart. They know a lot. They'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah. And there are believers, there are, there are believers that are watching, that are, that are watching online, or, or you might be here and you might be saying, Brett, that's exactly, I want, you know, I want to know some of those things, and I, I get it, and I'm wanting things, I feel God's put things in me, and then there's people that aren't believers, that want to be believers, and they're watching you. 
So why would we want to give them more what the world has? They'd want to see, is there something different? Because they're, people are pretty good at knowing what's right and what's wrong, even if they don't want to say it. We sometimes bury that, but that's true. But a lot of the things that we want can even fall in line with the word. Some of us were like, you know, I want finances. I get that. I think God wants you to have finances. So you want prosperity, but you have to know what to do with that. You have to be a good steward of that. There's all kinds of things that happen with financial prosperity. You can come up with your own take on the tithe. You can do all that stuff. But if it's not God's take, that's going to affect your blessing. Health. Well, I just go under that phrase. You can eat whatever, you know, and it won't harm you. That's true. But I believe that is in, in times where things happen and you might have been ignorant or somebody did something and you didn't know it and God just protected you. But I think if we would live a lifestyle of Twinkies, that's probably not going to be the best because that's not great for your body. <clears throat> Family, ministry. So, you know, God, these are things that we want all around success. Everybody likes success. The world in general likes people that are successful. If you ever watch any sporting programs, watch what happens if the quarterback throws two or three interceptions. The people will be like, get him out of there. We got to have a winner in there. It's like he could never make a mistake. We live in a society that's just kind of like, if you mess up, let's get rid of you. We'll get somebody else. But God calls you valuable. There's so many things that sometimes we've just waited and they haven't happened. And I think sometimes we need to look and ask why. Some of us may already know some of the basics. You know, in the Bible, in the kingdom, it talks about this. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and do not doubt. That's how everything happens in faith. That's how everything happens in the kingdom. We confess with our mouth. We speak. Life and death is in your tongue. It's in your mouth. And sometimes we think that's not right. Whether you think it's right or not, that's what the Bible says. We literally shape the world around us by what we talk about. Speaking right words, putting faith into action, doing what God is telling us to do, forgiving people and forgiving ourselves. When we prayed last night over, some, or excuse me, Wednesday over some folks, some of that was just you need to forgive yourself. If you've made a mistake, you need to forgive yourself. Maybe somebody's hurt you, you need to forgive them. Humility, it's almost unheard of sometimes nowadays. And how about just love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, just not keeping a, an account of wrongs, just loving. I just, I just love you. I don't mean I agree with everything that you do. I just, I love you. You might say to yourself, well, what am I missing? Why isn't it working? How come I'm not crossing the finish line into the quote, quote, promised land, so to speak? It seems like everybody else seems to be or the people that aren't serving God what why does it seems like they're always getting ahead and I'm I mean we have all of these head games that the enemy plays so here's our first thought for this morning now if I'm again if you're like ooh, I want to thank you again for coming to my counseling session I'm just letting you in on times I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord if you're human you're going to struggle with one of these at one time or another because I have Here's number one, your source. What is your source? 1 Corinthians 8, 6 says, But for us there is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created, and for whom we live. And there is one Lord, 
Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through whom we live. If your faith isn't working or it seems like you can never get to this certain area that you feel like the Lord has put this in your heart, you got to start asking yourself some questions. Who are you relying on to get what you want most? Who is your source? Is it your income, your job, your connections, the government? What is your source? It's easy to say, God is my source. But if you suddenly find yourself out of a job, let's say, you'll find out who your source is by the way you respond. If you panic and become full of fear, God is not your source, your job is your source. If you're afraid of losing your job and you search the internet frantically, and you ask friends to answer this and this and this, you know, you can find almost any diagnosis to any health question on the internet. You, you can put doctor in front of your name. Dr. Brett just searched the internet, found out exactly what was wrong, and this is my diagnosis. Who is your source? Now, I think God can use many channels. But if God is not your only source, you're going to find it as pressure is put on in this world. Who is that you rely on? If we rely on anything besides God as our source, it is in the wrong place. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And only when we fully trust in him, he gives us the desires of our heart. Psalm 37, 4 and 5, take delight in the Lord. He'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. You see, this is just one of those, God, you're my source. I just trust you. We just sang about it. Even when I don't see him, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working because he's my source. Here's number two. And I've done this. So again, thanks for coming. Your limit. Your limit. Let me explain. We have a tendency sometimes we don't believe beyond the impossible. We have limited God. So we have our limit, your limit. I mean, if you can't place it within your five senses, see it, feel it, heal it, hear it, touch it, smell it, then you're like, okay, okay I'm, you know, I'm really struggling with my faith. And I'm not belittling anybody. I think we all have struggled because we have tried to limit. Well, this would make this, realistically speaking, what if God is going past realism in your world? Because we talked before, he does things that are amazing. He opens blind eyes. He opens deaf ears. He makes the lame walk. He raises the dead. They're dead. There's no reason realistically they can't touch, hear, speak. They can't do any of that. And God says, boom, life. And they go, okay. Mark 9, 23, this is Jesus' answer. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Can I ask you, church? What is your anything? 
Do the things that you want most go past what seems possible? Is it always just what you think? My son Sam, who may be watching or may watch this later, he told me, he said, Dad, I want to get a deer by faith. I said, okay. You know, he's watched me do it. But you know, when it's your kid, what if it doesn't work? What if I tell him this and he goes out on a limb and it doesn't work? He says, Dad, I want to get this deer by faith. Now, he has seen it work before. And I said, okay. You know, he, I said, what do you want? And this is what he says. He says, Dad, I want a 10-point buck. I had not seen a 10-point buck in the woods that were behind our house. And I said, well, and I'd seen eight points, and I'd seen six points. So I quickly said, Sam, I'll tell you what. I'll agree with you. He goes, that's right, Dad. I need your agreement. I said, let's believe for a six-point. Let's, let's do that. Six-point, okay? And he goes, no, Dad, I want a 10-point. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's believe for a six-point. You know why? Because I had seen a six-point. I had never seen a 10-point back there. And he said, basically, and in the best way my son could say, are you going to agree with me or not? In a nice way. I mean, he, he's always respected me. He just said, but, Dad, I want... I, believe, I really believe for a 10-point. So I said, okay. Now, and, and here's what people don't understand. They're like, okay. So Sam said, I got money to sow. And you've heard me say, you got to sow where you want to go. And he only had like 250. So we're, we're not talking a lot of money, just $2.50. He, he slides it across the counter. We put our hands on it. And here's the prayer I prayed. God, I thank you that Sam, I'm in agreement that he'll get uh, this deer that he wants, and Lord, if, even if it's not a 10-point, it, it, it's, it's a 6-point. I'm good with that. <laughs> and, you know, if Sam could, you know, he would probably look at me and just say, Dad, that is the lamest prayer you've ever prayed. But, you know, and so he goes, no, Dad, I want a 10. And I said, okay, I'm going to set my faith in agreement with Sam. 10. Inside my heart, I was still thinking, so we go out. He's ready. He's ready, and I set Sam, let's pretend this is the edge right here. We're out in the open. Now, I got, I got orange on, okay? But we're, he's sitting right here with my crossbow. I am right here. I don't have a weapon, because he's my apprentice. <laughs> Sounds kind of Star Wars, doesn't it? Ah, oh, he's my Padawan. But anyway, he's standing there, and you know what? We get out there, and he's like, okay, let's go. He said, I'm getting my 10-point. And I'm in my mind. So we stand there. I stand. He's kneeling. We haven't been there 10 minutes, and a, and a buck runs across the field, and he runs right to Sam, and he runs probably right where Jeremy's at, just like that close, and just stops. No, we're out in the open. Just stops. Guess how many points he had? Six. I'm standing here and I'm, I'm talking outside my mouth like Popeye. Shoot it! Shoot it, Sam! Sam is not moving. He's not going to shoot it. He's not going to do anything. That deer stood there, looked at me, looked at Sam, stood broadside, tapped around like this a little bit, and then just, just walked away. And I'm like, why didn't you shoot it? And this is what my son said to me. Because that was your deer. <laughs> nice so <laughs> we went out the next day and since i didn't want another lesson <laughs> i 
I sat Sam, he sat in the same spot, and I went, I was about 100 yards away from him, and I heard this crash in the morning, you know, like something coming through the brush, and I saw this deer come out, and I could see that he had horns, but I couldn't tell, and I heard the bow go off, and then I heard crash, 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 and then it was quiet. And I got out of the stand, and I ran down, and Sam was still in the same place. I said, Sam, what was it? He goes, I, it happened so fast. He come, he stuck his head. I didn't know. I, I mean, you know, he said, I said, how many points? He goes, I, I think it had 10. So I said, all right, let's, we, 50 yards from there, there was the deer. Guess how many points it had? We, this is true, and if he was here, he'd tell you, I sang and danced around that deer. I did. I was giving God praise, and, and I told God I was sorry, and Sam just looked at me, and he was like, I told you, Dad. I knew God was going to do it. Now, I'm telling you all that, that God wants you to, you know, you can't be swayed. If he puts something inside you, know who your, who your source is, yes, but also your limit. I was limiting God. Sam was not. Do you just allow yourself to believe for things outside of your, your salary? Well, this is how much I make. I mean, if you make so much a year, you can say, well, this is how much I make. This is what you want. Where's that money going to come from? Or do you believe that God could supernaturally give you a concept or an idea to either create a business on your own or an idea or something to create more money that you'd be like, that could happen. But see, the enemy wants to keep you in your limits. How about your circumstances? Or what your, your body could do. How many mamas and dads in here have went past the, the mile? You've been wore out, but because your kids needed something. Now, my grandson just had a birthday party, and I know his mom and dad put in major effort for that. And it was an awesome party. But by the time they got to bed, I bet they were like, I love you, good night. I mean, because they went all out. It was awesome. But they had to push themselves, I'm sure. I mean, there was a lot of balloons on Buzz's ship. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. So God has got to be your, your source, and, and don't limit yourself if God is telling you something. Faith is the evidence of the unseen. You know, if it hasn't happened in two years, five years, ten years, you're waiting anyway, you might as well start believing God for some things to show up. If the Father's ever going to withhold anything. Now, this is something I, I, I had to put in here. If you think, well, God's going to withhold it from... Listen, he didn't withhold Jesus. That's as good as it gets. That's as much as it, you could ever have. If he's not going to withhold his only son, why would he withhold blessing from you or ideas or concepts for your success? He's not. Thought number three. Your value. Maybe God is not your only source of value. 1 Corinthians 6.20. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. What makes you feel like you have value? Most people have their identity or their sense of worth attached to something in their life. Maybe it's your, your appearance. You, you know, you, we've all known people that had to have, if it wasn't name brand, they weren't putting it on their body. How many remember Wells when it was in town? How many have not been ashamed if you found a good deal at Goodwill to put it on? There's name brand stuff at Goodwill. You know, you don't have to go around, I bought this at Goodwill. <laughs> That's up to you, I don't care. 
You know, people used to ask my wife, I don't understand how you dress your kids so nice. She was a thrifter. She just knows how to do it. When we were first married and first had Mallory, the first kid breaks all the rules, don't they? They go through every, I mean, they kind of, every, oh, she needs new shoes and they have to be this. Well, if you're a baby, you grow out of those shoes every month. We were, we might as well have had some kind of a loan for the shoes that we were, and they look brand new. By the time you have four kids, we don't put sacks on their feet. They'll be fine. <laughs> you know, or you're handing down everything or you're figuring it out or you know how to, you figured out how to shop and how to make things happen. Some people just tie their, uh, their value to the opinions. Everybody must like me. Everybody must do this. Everybody must think well of me. Or what I have, the stuff, how I live, my house, whatever. They just tie, that's your identity. Or uh, to what their profession is, what they do for a living. What if, you know, what if those are no longer there? If you don't do that for a living anymore, or once you retire, or if you've changed your, you know, so then your value then is tied to that. So then you look at yourself different. If you couldn't do what you do now tomorrow, would it change your value? Would you lose it? Pro athletes and celebrities, when they are injured or they age or whatever, you know, they, they retire that's all they knew. That's, now you see so many of these athletes are doing something else or whatever, but once they quit that profession, that's what their value was tied to. And that's how most of the world knows them. But when God is your only source of value, you won't need to be insecure. You won't need lots of compliments or pats on the back. You won't need to be promoted just to feel valuable because God has placed value on you. Your value was set before you were ever born. Before you were ever even a twinkle in grandpa's eye, your value was set. So the next time the enemy tries to bring a thought that you're not worth much, you could say, well, then how come God paid the highest price for me? He gave his only son for me. My friends, that's value. Here's number four. Your only rock God is not your only rock. Psalm 62, 4 and 7. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me to their hearts. Interlude, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor came from God alone, or come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. <clears throat> now I want to share this, and I'm going to, I want to tread on this as light as I can, okay? Some people believe that if, if something happened to somebody, that that person was their rock and they could not go on. Now, I've seen this in the wonderful life of my mother-in-law, who I love dearly. My father-in-law was one of the best men I've ever known in my life, probably one of the most generous men I've ever known in my life, the most humblest man I've ever met in my life. Just, just an amazing man. Guy knew the Bible. Like, if I just said, hey, Charles, you know this king? He could, he could tell me about, he'd probably tell me what the king had for breakfast if they had it recorded, because he, he just knew that. But what I've seen in this amazing woman, and she's with us today, is that when 
she's lived this out because Charles was really such a big part of her life and still is. But he's with Jesus now. She has went on because her rock has been God. Now, you know, I've watched her walk this out. She's She's still here. She's still with us. She still helps people. She still has friends. She still gives them godly advice. You know, her kids and grandkids all love her. And, I, and I, I'm not trying to embarrass her with this, but I'm just saying, when I was writing this, I'm like, this, this is my mother-in-law. Because she's had to come to grips with God has got to be the biggest thing in my life. Because outside of God, I'll tell you the biggest thing, and he's with God. But if you are like, I could not, you know, I love Kim and Kim loves me, but I know if I was with God, I would like to believe that she would continue and carry on and she would still be a blessing to my children, our children, and our grandkids. Now, I don't plan on going anywhere, so there, and I don't want her to go anywhere. We got a lot of life to live together yet. We got a lot of stuff to happen, but what I'm saying is, She wants for me what I want for her. I want God to be the biggest thing in her life. That doesn't mean you can't be shaken to the point where, yeah, and I get, but you're going to have to work through that. And again, my mother-in-law is proof positive of that. If God is the anchor of your soul, he will always be there. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never let you down. And you are just as valuable to God as you were when he paid the price for you. When you, you know, I mean, he's never changed the value of you. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When God is your only rock, you're positioned to put him in the proper place in your life. Here is number five, your peace. God is not your only source of peace. Psalm 20, verse 7, some nations boast of their chariots and horses, but we boast in the name of the Lord our God. The NIV says some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know, right now, the whole world is going through a pandemic. We've all been through trying times. We're going through trying times. I mean, business owners have had to adjust. They've had to figure things out, all of that. Churches have had to figure out. We've had to figure out how to do online church. There are people that still have yet to come back to TLC since this whole pandemic started. They just watch me in their PJs and can eat cereal. I get it. That's nice. But I'm telling you, you're missing out. There's something about being in God's house. There's something about saying, I'm making the effort to be there. And again, that's not judgmental. I'm just saying, just let's, let's, let's go after God. When the norm is shaken or, or disrupted, then we start finding out who our source is, who our rock is, who our identity is, who our peace is found in. Do you find peace in the state of your economy? Maybe you find it in the Dow Jones. Oh, it went up today, so I'm good. Oh, it went down today. I'm bad. The bottom fell out. I lost this. I'm bad. Is that where your peace is at? How about the state of politics? Oh, we could say a lot. How about your supply of toilet paper? Kind of rhymes with the state of politics. There's two directions you can look when you have things that you need or you want. You can look to God or you can look to man. I mean, literally, if we just boil this down to God or man, most... 
believers are shaken to the core and sometimes lose their peace when things have been changed and they're relying on people. I'm telling you, with things that are just happening in, in mine and Kim's life, uh, you know, I would be like, oh, it looks like it's such a sure thing. This is going to happen, blah, 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 blah. And because people are involved, it doesn't happen that way. Something changes and then you're, you're let down. But if you lift your heart and say, God, you're my source, and God, you have this, I don't care what they do, you still have me. Then I can stand on something that's solid. It doesn't matter what they do. If my future is dependent on whether people give or whether they don't give or whether they keep their word or whether they don't keep their word, that's nuts. My future is dependent on God. My, my everything is dependent on him. He's my source, my rock, my peace. And that, when we do that, that is when the, the situation changes, when all of hell is breaking loose around, when God says, got my hand on this one, got my hand on that one. You don't have to worry about this. I got you here. I got you covered. Psalm 91 says he's going to cover me. And so when he's my source, he takes care of that. I don't want to trust in the wrong thing. I don't want to trust in man. I want to trust in God. No matter how wonderful people are, they're not God. You can't substitute anything or anyone for God. That place in your heart is reserved. And it's reserved for God and God alone. And that doesn't mean you can't have confidence in people. That doesn't mean that the people shouldn't keep their word. I get that, but you, you, you understand there's got to be a balance. Faith in people is optional. Faith in God is not. Faith in people is optional. Faith in God is not. If you look at the life of people that have made God their only source of peace, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank whose roots reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I mean, you could paraphrase that. You could put that in and just say, you know, with all this stuff going on in the world, you plug into God, you're not gonna, God's going to take care of you. He's going to make sure that you have what you need. And your branches will not dry and wither. You will still have fruit and your leaves will be green. When you have God as your everything, then nothing is off the table. He'll, he'll just start blessing you. Here's our last one. Are you ready? Your memory. I, feel, I already heard a chuckle. <laughs> let, me, let me explain. I'm not saying that your memory's going bad. What I'm saying is, when good things happen to you and God is behind it, don't forget to thank God and give him glory. Pretty simple. Because it's easy to take just something that seems very, it's, it's okay to say thank you, it's okay to, to you know, and I get it, but if, if somebody's really digging for something, I would just reflect it off and say, you know what, it's God, God is good. Because I'm, I'm telling you, you know what, I'm, a lot of times I felt like I am not that smart. If something good has happened, God's done it. And, and I'm proof if he's used somebody, if he can use me, he sure could use anybody because God is good. So giving him the glory, Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Remember the Lord your God. 
He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So he's given you an oath. So he's given you the, he gives you the power to get wealth. He gives you the idea or the concept. If, if something good is happening, God gave you that idea. I was just talking to Tom. Tom. Tom's back in the back. Tom is our head of facilities here. And I just had this, I, I said this, I don't even know if I said this word right, but it sounds good. I said, I had an epiphany. Is that the right word? Look at that. I said that right. I had an epiphany. I was back in the back. I was getting a cup of coffee, and it was, uh, you know, around this whole healing thing, and I saw the back of this different than I'd seen it before. Why I hadn't seen it before? You know, there, God could show you something that you've never seen before, and you stared at it for years and see something different. He could bring something out that you've never seen. And I said, you know what, Tom? What if we made that area where we took the cooler and everything out? Yeah? What if we made that really cool like a cafe back there? Since it's right to the kitchen, we wouldn't have to take the foyer space, and we could put it right back there. He said, you know, that's, that's a great idea. Where'd you get that? And I said something like, well, God gave me the idea, of course, you know, him being ornery with me, he said, well, that would figure, you know, or something. I don't know. We just went back and forth. But, you know, I was quick to say, you know what? I didn't have that idea because I didn't even see it that way before. But it would, be a, it would be awesome to have we have the area back there. We could make it look cool. We have a wall that could go away. We could do all this stuff and make that and, and not really lose space and put the administration office and the pastor's office, you know, up front here somewhere else. But it was, you know, he was like, that's a good idea. I didn't have that idea. God had that idea. And I, I'm just, I'm just, he's just amazing. It's really easy and a lot of times just to take credit, but I just want to encourage you. And if you've ever done that, there's always forgiveness. And, and yeah, but I mean, just say, God, you know what? I don't want to take any credit where it goes to you. It's just forgive me. Let me make sure. So you just give him the glory. Because I am not going to be the source of my increase. It's always going to be God. And, you know, if it's not God, then I'm lying. So, you know, God is, he's the one that gives us the power for that. I'm not the source of my salvation, my redemption, my strength, my grace, peace, and abundance. Anything good in my life, it's God. That's the source. And that doesn't mean I didn't cooperate. That doesn't mean God didn't use me. That doesn't mean I didn't have a part to play. It just means I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Because if I don't, no matter how you want to slice it, that's pride. Pride will shut off the blessing. It'll shut off the flow quicker than Carter has the liver pills. And I'm not sure how quick Carter has them, but we don't need that. It's a testimony to have people see the goodness of God. People see your life and they go, how did that happen? We just point, God. God did it. He gave us this idea. He brought this around. We fasted. We prayed. We did this. We did that. Whatever. Because this is his instruction. But any credit, any glory goes to God. If you know, Abram, he refused to take anything from anybody um, because he didn't want anybody to think that anything got him the increase except for God. Genesis 14, 23. You can look that up. But... <clears throat> So if you're not seeing the things that you have been praying for or believing for most, look at these areas that we've talked about, your peace, your rock, your source, all of those things. 
Because you're, I know it sounds cliche, but your breakthrough could be right there. It could be right there. Just with a tweak of like, oh God, I, I didn't even see that. My job, my job as your pastor is to equip you. That's what I want to do. I mean, I've had to work this stuff with, with Kim and I. It applies to me just like it applies to you. And there's been times that, you know, we've had to ask ourselves, well, you know, what are we doing? Or, or ask the Holy Spirit, bring this back to my mind. Is there something that I said I shouldn't have said? And he'll bring it back. And then we'll break that and ask for forgiveness for it. And then, and then that motion starts again. That's what it's like walking with God. He just keeps refining you. He keeps helping you. Now, you, you've all received communion stuff, I think. Is that correct? Okay, well, let's do that right now. I want everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. If there's somebody in here right now and those that are online that said, I have never given my heart to the Lord or I'd like to rededicate.